This is a Be Groovy or Leave production. Head to BeGroovyOrLeave.com to discover the best in new music. Now on with your show. Hey everybody, welcome to Life on Music. I'm your host, Jesse Napper. If you're new around here, this is the show where I chat with a different musician each week about all aspects of music in their life. And we've had some pretty amazing guests so far, and this week is no exception. We have singer, songwriter, guitarist, all-around great musician, Talara, who recently put out a single, Let This Go, and has a bunch of other singles on the way. I've been a fan of Talara's for quite a while now, so it was quite exciting to be able to chat with her. So let's not waste any more time. Let's jump into the chat with Talara. So we have Talara with us. How are you, how are you doing today, Talara? Hey, Jesse. I'm good. How are you? Um, I'm quite well. Um, can't complain. <laughs> Before we start, I um, yeah, just um, happy to hear all the new songs coming out. It's been a couple so far this year. Yeah, I'm happy too. Yeah, it's good to. <laughs> I remember you kind of. I was on radio. I used to used to do this thing on radio, and. There was like one day I was, think, I was thinking, man, it'd be good if Talara put out some new music. And then the next day I get an email from you like, hey, I've put out new, I'm putting out new music. I was like, <laughs> she read my mind. It was, it was craziness to me at least. Amazing. Yeah, so with the, with the new tunes that are coming out, so you had 16 seconds two or three months ago and then more recently uh, Let This Go. Yeah. Has there been... For you, so it's been a, I think 2016 was when you last put out music. Yeah. Were there any, for you, any differences in the creation of these songs compared to the older ones? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess they're all pretty new. Like they're they're mostly written in the last couple of years and I've been recording them for the last couple of years. So it was like a, a very long recording process. Um, it started in Melbourne and it was sort of not really going the way I wanted, not really um, the sound that I wanted sort of thing. So I spent a lot of money for not much result there. And uh, so then I took it to Jane and she moved to Canada a few years ago, so I had to fly over there to uh, to keep recording it and get it all done. And but I knew I knew that Jane was gonna do a good job because she did my 2016 release. So I knew that by working with Jane that I would I would get the result that I wanted. So I had to had to travel across the world to to get it. Yeah, uh, was it sorry Canada you had to go to? Yeah, yeah. So, was there? I suppose she she is is she Australian, but just moved to Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So her partner's c- Canadian, so um, right. She moved over there a few years ago, but yeah. So right, she's built sense. she's built her own studio now. It's called Capsule Studios. So that's how we that's where we recorded everything. Yeah, so that's awesome. Yeah, so nice. she's all she's all set up there now. Yeah, is there anything? 
I suppose maybe it's not as big a difference because you've already worked with her before. But being in Canada for a little bit, was there any kind of influences musically that were different to recording in Australia? Yeah, I guess the biggest difference would have been hiring Mary, Mary Anchetta. So she's an incredible keys player. Um, mm-hmm. And so I guess that that's the biggest difference musically um, was having some keys on the new songs and having Mary bring her flair to the songs was very cool. So that that definitely wouldn't have happened here, you know. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's the biggest sort of uh, Canadian influence there would be. <laughs> would be with Mary because other other than that the the songs were already like sort of written and half recorded so um but I mean you know I guess like it, everything sort of influences what you're doing and and I'd spent a couple of weeks traveling around BC before starting recording in Vancouver so I was I was nice and fresh and keen and you know excited so yeah yeah definitely uh you also mentioned you started recording back in melbourne did some recording there and it just wasn't working for you do you do you remember what it was that wasn't working um yeah it just wasn't working with the right people yeah that that was the main thing so just not getting the not getting the result that I that I was hoping for, um, with the amount of money that I was spending, basically. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, with these new songs, um, having listened to the the older music as well, um, there's a a fair bit more electric guitar on on these ones. Yeah. Is there? Do you have a different approach writing with electric or playing electric guitar as opposed to acoustic? I suppose, yeah, because I feel like, yeah, like with acoustic, uh, it's an instant, um, sort of like instantly uh, gratifying playing acoustic because (laughs) it is acoustic, whereas electric you sort of have to have everything set up, be going through an amp and maybe some effects pedals and that sort of thing. So I guess that that definitely influences, like, if I start writing something on electric, it'll most likely uh, have, like, some effects on it or that. So that'll definitely influence the, the tone of the song or how it starts, whereas acoustic, I guess, um would be a bit more folky almost. I don't know. It's interesting. That's sort of how it feels for me now. Like whenever I pick up the acoustic, it it tends to be a bit more um, storytelling sort of vibes for me, whereas like electric um, is like a a different uh, – I don't know. It's it's interesting, and it's kind of I'm experimenting a lot with it at the moment. But it's sort of it's like going down a different road, kind of thing, um, a different angle 
for me to <laughs> to start songs. That's a funny one to try and explain. And I haven't even thought about this myself, so that was a good that was a good question there. But yeah, I I've got everything set up set up here at the moment and I'm trying trying to do a lot more writing at the moment now that I have while I have time while I'm at home and and not on tour so it's good it's it's uh it's interesting what's coming out at the moment and it's different and it's it's progressing in a cool way for me personally yeah do you find yourself going back and forth between writing more acoustic folky songs um, as compared to the electric ones that you're putting out at the moment? Yeah, I I very much enjoyed um, storytelling folk songs. And mm-hmm. to me, like you, you sort of, if I think about songs that I like to listen to, um, I, you know, I love, I love pop, pop songs and electronic music and I love listening to that, but I, I get more feeling or get more emotion out of listening to folk songs because there's, I guess there's usually pop songs are like um, there to to sound like, you know, the, I don't know, upbeat or whatever and or dancey sort of thing, whereas like folk songs to me are more about the story. Uh, more about lyrics that sort of thing yeah that's um there is actually a with your music is actually everything's quite good but i guess maybe the lyrics are i don't know maybe maybe not it's hard hard to tell which is which is the best part yeah as i'm thinking (laughs) yeah the vocals are quite good i don't know maybe i'm just talking shit i don't know um but um actually (laughs) When I when I um was first um when I first heard the the um both the new songs um where my mind kind of went maybe influence wise for them was there was a couple of songs on um April Uprising by John Butler Trio that kind of reminded me of the same vibe. Oh, cool! I love that album. Um, was that a kind of influence in writing? Um, well, yeah, definitely, but like not, it wasn't a direct reference or anything like that, but I love that album. So it would definitely have an influence over time for sure. Um, you just reminded me too, um, with, with Let This Go. So that song actually started out on acoustic in a country sort of feel. So it was like, it was kind of like a country song. It was a bit more sort of, um, country boppy and I just didn't I didn't like it and I knew it was a good song and I wanted it to be better but I didn't know what to do with it sort of thing because it was this country song so I wasn't really like into the actual music side of it I guess so uh it was like over a couple of years I sort of didn't do anything with it and then one day I was playing electric and um, I had a delay on it and I started mucking around with Let This Go and I was like, hang on, this is cool. So then I was like mucking around with the delay and the chorus and stuff and that's and that totally changed the, changed the feel of the song. So that song went from 
you know, acoustic uh, sort of country to like more like a folk pop sort of vibe. So that was a cool progression for that song. Right. Just a little, little side note between the acoustic and electric guitar yeah. there. Yeah. I think last time we spoke you mentioned that in your family uh, music was kind of an important thing. Yeah. To like to learn an instrument was important. Yeah. Was it um, – so I think – I'm trying to remember now. Did you – I think you maybe said you started off on piano or am I just yeah. making that up? No, no, good memory. Um, yeah, so I'm the youngest of five kids and mum made all of us learn piano uh, in primary school and then once we got to high school we had to choose like an instrument of our choice sort of thing. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so mum was a the driver for music in the family for sure because she just believes in, you know, positive influence of of music and and uh you know for your brain and also like coordination skills and stuff like that as well so that's why she started us on piano because piano's got you know the use of both hands and it's I feel like yeah piano is a good definitely a good starting instrument because you've got the uh you've got the instant gratification of uh pressing a key and hearing the sound as opposed to like um, guitar or, or violin, you know, stringed instruments, you've got to hold your finger down with your left hand and then you've got to pluck it with your right hand, you know, in a nice way to get a nice sound as opposed yeah. to piano, which is this, you know, pressing the key. So it's a good, definitely a good instrument uh, to start on. Although I wish, I wish, I had have learnt violin because, like, I love Irish music, and uh, yeah, right. wish I could, wish I could play it on violin. But uh, I settled for the tenor banjo instead because I I figured I'd be able to learn that a bit easier than violin. <laughs> so banjo came before guitar. No, no, banjo came after. Um, yeah. Yeah, but it's just because it was I, – I went to Ireland a few years ago and I saw a few shows and I just absolutely fell in love with, with the music. And um, on my way home, I remember like on the plane I was listening to – I'd recorded a show on my phone and I was listening to it and this one song in particular, it's called MacArthur's Road. It's a jig and um, – I was like, ah, oh, I need to learn this, but how am I going to learn it? Because you know, the guitar, usually guitar in Irish music is just strumming the chords, whereas you know, I want to play the melody. Yeah. So I was like, violin's going to take me way too long to learn. Like what can I do that's going to be a bit more simple for me? And then I realised tenor banjo was the way to go. So I bought a tenor banjo. and That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't hear as much um, banjo in the music oh, um, no. as you could put in. I don't think. Yeah, it's um, there's one song in particular, but that'll be that's a banjo song. But that'll be on the next EP, not this one. But there is a bit of banjo in one of the tracks, um, not the next single, but the single after that. There's a bit of banjo on there. But that's um, 
five string banjo. So it's a little bit different to the tenor. Yeah, the tenor's more like diddly diddly, whereas <laughs> five strings a bit more um, sort of folky, I suppose. Is that that um that tiny the tiny banjo? Well, it's not. It's it's smaller, but it's not the not the really small one. Yeah, that's probably um one of those banjo mandolin things you're thinking of maybe right okay. um there's a lot of those getting around a lot of old ones but um yeah it is a bit smaller yeah they used the tenor banjo they used to use them a lot in um in orchestras okay yeah as like sort of more like um strumming kind of what's the word like ragtime sort of vibe yeah right okay yeah yeah okay that's interesting yeah. Uh, so what age was it when you started playing guitar? 13. Yeah, started learning when I was 13. Yeah, yeah, so I got to high school and went through year seven and mum was like, um, you need to be learning an instrument, like you have to pick something. And I was sort of a bit like, oh, all right, mum. And my friend Ruby was learning guitar at the time, so I was like, well, I'll give that a crack. And, um, yeah, it didn't take me long to really fall in love with it. Yeah. Do you remember who your influences on guitar were early on? Yeah, yeah. Um, Newton Faulkner, he was the first sort of big one for me. Yeah, artist from the UK, and that's when I learnt like tapping the strings on the neck of the guitar and as well as body percussion. And um, so that opened up a whole new world for me. And and also his his songwriting is amazing as well and his songs. So that was Newton Faulkner was a big influence. And then um, Tommy Emanuel, um, that's when I learnt – the like alternative thumb picking. So like, you know, you're, you're doing a bass line with your thumb and then you're doing the melody with your fingers. And uh, that strongly influenced my songwriting as well because it, it gave me the ability to to be able to have a song that has bass and melody at the same time. So that's sort of where a lot of my riffs um, come from that idea of, just being like being able to play by yourself, so only relying on yourself to to cover everything, so the bass and the melody. Um, and then after Tommy, the Waifs, so Josh Cunningham from the Waifs, uh, he's an amazing, he's one of my favourite guitarists, and uh, the Waifs in general, they're a huge influence um, for me for sure. And that was one of my, I think that was my first concert. As well, when I was 14, went and saw the waves, blew my mind. <laughs> nice. um, and then John Butler after that. Yeah. And was there, so was there a time where you started singing as well that you remember? Yeah. So I would have been about, about 14 when I started singing. And, um, I was pretty, I guess I was pretty nervous singing wise for a while um, because it was sort of 
I was I was better on guitar than I was at singing kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But I started writing songs when I was 15 and p- started performing them at open mics. So that was good f- for my confidence. Open mics are amazing. They're such a good thing for for teenagers and kids and stuff, like to give them the opportunity to be able to perform. Um, yeah. So then they can work on their skills on stage and get comfortable and learn and whatever. So I was doing that once a week uh, since I was 15, I guess, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, definitely a good thing to do where there's kind of no judgment as well. Yeah, and it's yeah, and it's always you've got the real community vibe and everyone understands that it's an open mic and that it's there to to get experience and to share to share your uh, talent or whatever with other people and I guess like um, <laughs> uh, receive or like I don't know like figure out um, what's good and what's not by what you receive from the audience that sort of thing. But yeah, open mics are great. And I think yeah if you if yeah. you've got a kid that's keen on music, get them to open mics for sure. Yeah, I kind of wonder what the – so you kind of grew up in a country town, is that right? Yeah, in Grafton, northern New South Wales. Have you ever played – have you ever played any of the kind of more city open mics? Um, no, no, and I'm sure that would be a different vibe again. Yeah, I was kind of wondering if it was a kind of a different vibe. Yeah, I mean – audience, I guess. Yeah, because I guess like in a city you'd be seeing different people every week probably, whereas like in the country towns it's usually the same people that would go to the open mic sort of thing. So, yeah, it would definitely be be a different vibe. Yeah. But still good, I I would presume. Hope you're all enjoying the chat with Talara so far. Just letting you know, as always, if you'd like to listen to Talara's music, you can head to Spotify, Apple Music, or the usual streaming platforms. And you can also buy her music if you're feeling a little bit kinder. And you should also follow her socials, as well as the socials for Life on Music as well, which are all in the description of the episode. And if you're enjoying Life on Music, you can also subscribe where you're listening now to get updates when new episodes come out every Tuesday. But let's jump straight back into the chat with Talara. Before you were doing releasing your own solo music, you were also in a band with your sister, um, Siskin River, and yeah. you put out an album, The Hours They Keep, um, which is a, yeah. such a good one. Uh, one of my favourites. Oh, thanks. But you were kind of more guitar in that with a few a few vocal um, songs where you did yeah. vocals on. Was there a difference for you in your approach to songwriting? No, not at all. So I was I was still um, I was singing outside of right, that. Yeah. 
So it was more of like Shalane and I, our sort of stage show was more me on guitar and more her singing. But um, the songwriting outside of it was, it's always been, you know, the same, like for me, like um, writing and and singing. So we, we wrote a bit together and then um, a lot separately and then we'd sort of bring each other these half-finished songs or whatever and finish them together, that sort of thing. Yeah, nice. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I would yeah. also yeah, I would just recommend to anyone listening as well as listening to to Talara stuff, check out the Siskin River stuff cuz it's all good. <laughs> it all gets the double thumbs up from me. Yes. So a couple of years after that, you we've talked about it a little bit, but you released your um your debut solo EP. Um what was it? Better hold on. So w- with the songs on that I guess I find this with a lot of people who are releasing their debuts where the songs kind of go back a long way. Was that kind of similar for you? As in when they were written? Yeah. 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 So those songs, uh, I feel like those songs were mostly pretty new at that time. Um, Yeah. Maybe Better Hold On was probably actually, yeah, Better Hold On and Jailbreak. They were they were the oldest two, so mm. I would have written them in um, two thousand and thirteen, and then the rest would have been fourteen. Yeah, because then I started recording it in two thousand and fifteen. So. Um, yeah, and, and six six months was probably the most recent one, I'd say, on that yeah, on that EP, yeah. When I went into the studio. It's funny, it's funny with song songwriting, like um Let This Go, for instance. I wrote that years ago. And it just sort of it took a while to um to get that song right, like I was talking about earlier. And yeah, so finally, like, when I was ready to record all this new stuff, um, I brought that song, song in as well because it it had changed, yeah, and it was and it was better and it and it fit the vibe of um, everything I was recording. So, yeah, that's funny. But so that's yeah, like this guy is definitely the oldest one on on the new stuff, but old song with a with a new feel, I suppose. Okay. Yeah. Um, something on that as well, I just kind of remembered you were mentioning your, um, you were influenced by Newton Faulkner and recently I was listening to his first album and, and then kind of going back, listening to your EP, there was the one track, what's it called? The one before the, the instrumental piece on there. It's escaped my mind at the moment. Oh yeah, um, kind of reminded me of some Five of the. Weeks. Yeah, that's the one. Um, kind of reminded me of some of the instrumental pieces on his first album. Oh, cool! They're cool, aren't they? Yeah, they're like little little thirty second to one minute. Yeah. Things. Was that yeah. a Newton Faulkner influence for you? Having that on there, or was it just something you did? Um, I guess. In a sense, it would have been, yeah. So one, yeah, so like Newton's stuff, I don't know if he, I think he still does it, doesn't he? Puts in the little instrumental things. It's it's a cool idea because it's like 
in an album, you've got you've got an album of songs, and then maybe it's it's a nice way of of using riffs or melodies that didn't quite make it to a song, but they're still uh, really good or whatever, and, and it's a nice way of of putting them out there. And also, it's a nice uh, sort of breathe. Uh, between songs I guess or like breath between songs of this sort of small little piece that kind of ties things together in a nice way and I guess yeah so that that's always been something I've, I've loved and whenever I hear things like that on albums um, or like at sometimes people put things like right at the end of tracks and then they lead into the next track that sort yeah. of thing I, I always love hearing stuff like that and um and I guess like John Butler as well, like when he when he plays live, he often does a lot of uh, like intros, like instrumental intros into songs, and I love that. So like I, I've always sort of done that as well, like just to to add sort of extra things. Like Better Hold On, for instance, has this random um, live intro chunk that was a bit of a song that sort of never um, never went any further than a verse but um, happened to fit the vibe of Better Hold On. So, like, when I play it live, I'll, I'll do that as a sort of intro thing into the song. But, yeah, so that's definitely, yeah, it's through, like, Newton Faulkner and, and John Butler and other artists that use those sort of uh, instrumental breaths between songs on albums. I love that sort of thing. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned uh, earlier that you, with both the the um, first EP and the recent stuff you've been working on, you work with a producer named Jane, was it? Yeah, Aurora Jane. Aurora Jane, yep. Um, so what kind of things does she bring to the recording sessions and to the songs that you think uh, another producer wouldn't um jane jane just like she's very hands-on and she's very enthusiastic and um she's just a she's a really fantastic producer and she's one of those producers that you know it's it's her life Mm -hmm. sort of thing so she'll she'll treat your music with the respect that it deserves um, and the respect that you you would hope you would get when you're hiring a producer. Yeah. Um, so she, yeah, she's very, very hands-on. And um, I remember like when, before we started recording vocals, um, we uh, bounced out instrumental versions of each song like from the recordings and we were driving to a festival. It was like a 10 hour drive or something. And, um, (laughs) along the way I had to sing all of the songs Mm -hmm. and Jane would pick out words that uh, I wasn't singing or pronouncing clearly and, um, would be like, you know, that word there or like this or that. So then I'd be writing down all these notes and that, and then I'd have to practice it to get it right so that sort of that sort of thing like you know very very hands-on and and she 
um, very clearly cares about her work and, and, you know, the fact that her name's going to be on that music means that it, it has to be a good product that she produces. Yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah, cool. Um, so you've been working with her or you work with her on these recent songs and you mentioned that there's you've still got a couple of singles to come from those sessions. Is yeah. that all kind of leading towards an EP? Yeah, yeah. So the next single will be the end of August and then another one in September and then the EP in October. And then another EP next year, so in the first half of next year. Yeah, so I'm just going to pump yeah. it all out. Are those for the the <laughs> um, the two EPs from now, are they all recorded or in the more early stages? Well, yeah, so the second one, like this one's, the first one's done. Yeah. Um, so that's ready. So I'm, that's why I'm slowly releasing it now. And the second one is not finished yet, but it, It'll get done by the end of the year, I reckon. Okay. Yeah, nice. Hopefully. Bit bit of a delay at the moment due to COVID nineteen. But um we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh with the, <laughs> the next couple of singles you got coming up, um, and just the rest of the songs on the EP, are there any is there anything different that can be expected sound wise? Yeah. Uh the next single is pretty it's pretty different. <laughs> It's um, <laughs> it's a lot kind of it's uh, how would you describe? It's sort of like rock pop, but it's definitely the poppiest thing okay. I've, I've done so far. So yeah, that, it's a different one, but I'm I'm very excited for it. Yeah, it's called Stripper Song. Nice. Have a have a little dance to that one. <laughs> yeah. And with the EP after the the next one, is there? A different mm-hmm. vibe. You mentioned that you had this banjo song on there. Yeah, um, yeah, I guess so. And it, it's it's going to be interesting with with the next EP because I I might actually end up putting some new stuff on there, maybe. So like mm-hmm. stuff that I've written over the last um, year, kind of thing. So. Yeah, we'll see with that one. That's kind of a work in progress at the moment. So that like the first EP is done and ready to go and then the second one's kind of I guess because of because of timing and because of the delay um that I have now with not being able to travel and whatever and it's going to change what the outcome will be for this for the second EP but in a in a good way. I think in a positive way. So yeah, it might yeah, we might add a bit bit of new stuff to it yet. We'll see. Yeah, but you've you've got us all set for the next couple of years, it looks like. Yeah, how good's that? Cuz it took so long, it took so long to like get you know, new stuff out. And it's not that I I didn't um, like a, someone asked me like, "Oh, you must have had like writer's block or something." I was like, "No, it just took forever to like find the right people to work with and to save up. Like recording, it's insanely expensive or it can be, like depending on how you, how you want to do it. Like some people will record at home. But um, for me, I wanted to do the studio vibe and um, use all the expensive equipment, that sort of thing. So 
you know, it's it's all up. It'll the next two like the two EPs all up recording wise have cost me over thirty grand. So it takes a long time to to save that up. So it's sort of especially when you're you know, I'm I'm an independent musician like that's that's all i do for work so it's going to take me a bit of time to save up 30 grand (laughs) but yeah (laughs) also maybe the the return isn't as great as it used to be as well i suppose yeah exactly and i mean that's that's something um i probably won't get that back with Mm -hmm. this but that's just it wasn't meant to cost that much obviously um but because of little bumps I had along the road, it, that's what I had to put into it to to get it. Because um, I'm not going to release something that I that I'm not proud of. So I had to yeah. um, spend that on the on the songs to make sure I'm proud of them, which I am. So that's you know, it's a it's a good feeling to be able to release stuff that you're proud of. Because I've been in situations before where it, it hasn't been um a great vibe so it's yeah it's a definitely a personal achievement for me to to just feel happy with my songs and how they sound and how they've been finished yeah yeah definitely I'm loving loving the songs you're putting out at the moment and as I said looking forward to hearing looking forward to hearing the the new ones that are coming out over the next couple of years but um yeah thanks for thanks for doing the podcast today thanks for having me thanks everybody for listening and thank you to talara for chatting with me don't forget to check out talara's music wherever you buy or stream music and also follow her on her socials And if you're enjoying Life on Music, you can also follow my socials as well. All the links in the description of the episode. And if you are enjoying the podcast, feel free to subscribe wherever you're listening right now to hear the episodes when they first come out every Tuesday. But until next week, goodbye. Life on Music was brought to you by Be Groovy or Leave. Head to BeGroovyOrLeave.com to discover the best in new music.